Kelsey here. I'm taking some time off this summer, but I thought this could be a great opportunity to re-air some of my favorite episodes from inspiring black voices in our community. Now more than ever is the time to amplify the voices of our black sisters, some of my favorite women, women I do life with around the table. I know that you're gonna love these conversations as much as I did. So without further ado, let's get to it. How are you, Kelsey? It is so good to have you. I'm doing great. I have loved getting to chat with you already today. And so I'm so glad to have you on the Radiant Podcast. I'm so excited to be on the podcast and I'm so excited for our chat. I think what you're doing with Switch, Pivot, or Quit is really the coolest. Um, It really speaks to me in my season of life right now. And so I am so glad you're here. I have been loving your podcast. I can't wait to go through all the archives because I am one of those. When I find something I love, I'm in deep for like a month. (laughs) So it is so good to have you. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited that you're excited because Switch, Pivot, or Quit, it's, it's my jam. And I am just loving the way that people have been receiving it. And it, right now, it just feels like it's everyone's story. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm seriously loving it. I love that you call yourself Chief Encourager. You have a warm, positive vibe, and I just think you're fabulous. So I would love for you to start by telling your story and how you got to where you are. Um, everything, not the 30-second version, but all of it. Okay, so um, let's see. I'll start with college where I made my first switch, pivot, or quit and didn't even know it. Um, I thought that I was going to go to Cal State Long Beach, which is in Southern California, to be in um, to be in physical therapy. I thought I was going to be a physical therapist. And then I got in my first physics class and I was like, huh? <laughs> oh, I didn't know there was all this science involved. Okay, so we're going to have to rethink this. So I ended up getting into the um, the business college. So from there, I thought that I was going to go with IT because I thought that I was going to just follow the money. And that didn't work out so well either. So then I found marketing and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with marketing, but I just figured it lent itself to more of my creative side. And I just knew that my dad was not going to pay for me to get an education in any type of liberal arts or anything like that. Like it it just wasn't going to work. So he basically stated it. (laughs) So I knew that marketing was as close as I would get to the creative side of things. And the one thing that I will say is, although our parents mean well and they have the best intentions, when I look back now, That's one of those things where I wish that I would have been strong enough to follow my gut and be very true to who I knew that I was as a person and speak up for myself. And I didn't. And, and, and people that know me probably would be like, what you not speaking up for yourself? How crazy. But at the time you, you know, you, you're young and you think that your parents know best. So you go off of what their suggestions are or what their life experience is and what they know. So when he said that he wouldn't pay for me to do anything that was like too creative, I was like, okay, you know, and, and thinking that he knows best, but now I know that I needed to honor what was true to me. So, because in the end, that's what I'm doing now. 
I am totally on the creative side. I consider myself a creator. So fast forward after college, I got an internship uh, at a, at this cable network and I was in the marketing department. I was doing PR which fell under marketing. And that was my first introduction to PR. I really enjoyed it. It had an element of writing that I liked, creative writing that I liked. And then from there, I went on to work at a PR agency because PR then became my thing. So I was in entertainment PR in LA, then ended up moving to New York where I was in sports entertainment PR at, um, the National Basketball Association, did that for a number of years. That is the company that I worked at the longest for about six years. And then at some point during my career there, I'd say about three, four years in, I started to just feel like, what's next? I, I don't I don't feel fulfilled by this work. And I had a side hustle where I had a jewelry business and that was going good and that was exciting to me. And I loved being immersed in that world of creation. That's when I really started to find my creator side again and really connect with it. And um, and our jewelry did really well. It was worn by Beyonce and Solange and in Italian Vogue and on BET and in uh, Nylon Magazine, all these places, it was doing really well. But um, then I still started feeling like, what's next for me? Like, what am I going to do? What does this career thing look like for me and I need to figure this out and if you know anything about PR you know that at a certain point it starts to somewhat become a thankless job some people mistake you for an assistant especially if you're doing like celebrity PR because you're the person that's like the catch-all you do everything you make it happen you make that person happy you get their name out there you promote them it's all on you. So it can be one of those jobs where you find little, um, you, you have success, but you find little um, comfort in that what you're doing is making a difference in any way or that people even appreciate it. So for me, I started to decide, okay, you, if you really want more, you have to figure out what's next. And then that became my journey of figuring out what's next. What are you going to do? So I ultimately ended up going with writing. That was the thing that was gravitating to me uh, the most at the time or that I was gravitating to. So I ended up writing this book. I spent my days and nights and weekends, or I shouldn't even say days, my nights and weekends <laughs> um, writing this book. And I ended up getting it traditionally published. I ended up getting an offer to get it traditionally published. So that was a blessing. It worked out. And I, I quit my job before that. So I didn't know really which way this was going to go. But it worked out, and um, and I basically quit. I, that was my quit to go into being an author. So I became a tr- traditionally published author, and then from there, realizing how my story inspired other people, that brought me to the place where I'm at right now with being a chief encourager and host of the Switch Pivot or Quit podcast. Because I know, I know, and I knew that there were other people who felt the same way that I did, and we all likely get to a point where we're ambitious people that we feel like okay, I got to have a check-in moment. What am I doing? What can I be doing more of? What do I want to do next? And all those things. So I just want to help people along that journey with the conversations that are being had on Switch Favorite Quit Podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think I love hearing your journey and I love hearing, you know, all of this background that you have. Um, I mean, it sounds like if your jewelry line was worn by Solange and Lauren Hill and Beyonce, it wasn't much, it wasn't a side hustle. It sounds like it's pretty established. Um, but I mean, that's incredible. Solange is who I want to be when I grow up. Hello. Um, I know. I, 
I don't think her hair will grow out of my head, but I want it to. <laughs> right. That's my dream. Um, but, you know, I think, I, I think it's so cool to hear your journey and to, A, to touch on, you know, pleasing your parents. I get it. You know, my parents are pretty, um, pretty chill, but I still, I mean, even this year as I've worked through finance mindset, I have learned that there are two people I want to please in my life and it's my dad and my accountant. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. really have a weird, like uh, emotional connection with my accountant, Elizabeth. And I feel like she's like my great, my, my mom or my mm -hmm. aunt who I have to please. And right. so, and I, I feel the same way towards my dad. And so I get that pressure, even though they're well-meaning, they don't, you know, they just want to make sure we're okay. Where they're Exactly. Cool. But you know, totally, you know, when you can look back and you see, you're at where you wanted to be 10 years ago, but you took a lot of detours because of all the things we think we should quote unquote be doing. So how do you handle the shoulds in your life? Because that has been a dangerous word for me. Yeah. And you know what? I got to a point where I was going through so many of the shoulds and checking so many of the boxes that when I finally looked up one day, I said, I have checked all the boxes expected of me. Yeah. I have done it. So now I need to do what actually makes me happy. But first I need to figure out what that is because now I'm realizing that I'm in a space where I want more. I need to figure out what that more looks like. And when you hear me say, I want more, it's not a financial more. It's more of a fulfillment type of more. It's more of a, what am I bringing to this world type of more? It's more of a, what's my legacy going to look like type of more. So it, when you're younger, these are not the things that are top of mind for you. You're, you're, you're just trying to make your way. You're trying to establish a career. You want your parents and your family members and your loved ones and your friends to be proud of you. So you do all those things, but then you get to a certain point and you feel like, I want to be proud of myself actually too. So what am I doing that's making me proud? So for me, I had to just realize that if I wasn't happy in my day to day, and I shared that with my parents and they knew that they knew my entire journey, what was happening. So when I finally made the decision to quit, they were 100% supportive. And, and of course I spoke to them about it before I told them what my plan was and what I was thinking of doing with the book and everything. And they had their questions, but they were pretty confident in me because they know that a I research things and I've always been a responsible person. And they also know that when I set my mind on something and I get it in my head that I want to do it, I'm going to try and do everything that I can to make it happen. So there's really no talking me out of things, you know, if, especially if I feel passionate about it. So I had to get to a point for me where I had to understand that it was okay to block everybody else out. So even when I went to my parents, it wasn't that I was asking for permission. It was that I was letting them in on my big secret. Yeah. You know, whether they said yes or no, that they liked my idea, that didn't really matter. If they said no, it just meant that I was going to have more to prove and more people to prove it to. But luckily for me, they were, you know, down for the cause. But, but if they hadn't been, I had already grown to a space where I knew that I needed to block out everyone else's opinions, their thoughts, their ideas, and I needed to find what really resonated with me, what was true to me, and I needed to follow that. And that is not the easiest thing to do, but some, but the best thing that I can say if someone's listening and they're trying to get to that space is spend some time with yourself. 
Allow that alone time, allow that quiet time, because that's when stuff gets real. Mm -hmm. You gotta let that happen. You gotta let it happen. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from a network supporter. Raise your hand if you prefer frozen over fresh. Okay, I'm counting. Let's see. <clears throat> Nobody. Then why do some places freeze their Cincinnati-style chili? At Gold Star, we'll never understand. Our chili is made fresh daily in small batches to ensure quality. And we use our original blend of 13 spices. Small batch chili is always meaty, never watery. Maybe that's because we don't freeze it and then thaw it. I mean, we're not monsters. Gold Star. This podcast is sponsored by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence through a variety of ways, which is why Denison Ministries is excited about sponsoring what God is up to on the Radiant Podcast. One of the cool ways Denison Ministries helps Christians feel closer to God is through their first 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful devotional, scripture, worship, and prayer. Grow closer to God this year. You can sign up to get the first 15 email devotional sent directly to your inbox at first15.org slash subscribe, or start your day off with the first 15 devotional podcast anywhere you listen. Tell us about, you know, as you sat down, you talked with them and you released your book. Was this 2014? I see yes. preseason love is mm -hmm. 2014. So that came first, then 365 inspirations for the soul of the side hustler and yes. entrepreneur. Tell us about your journey writing. Do you um, foresee more books in the future? What's ahead? Um, I know, especially having a background in PR, I mean, <laughs> did that help when it came to marketing your book? I mean, Simon & Schuster is no, you know, small yeah. fee. That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And, and it did help. Um, but what I will say is I learned that if you are not a celebrity author, or if you're not someone who has a, who has a certain um, platform that's already been established, that is quasi celebrity ish, you know, mm -hmm. then the support that you'll get from any major publisher is probably going to be minimal. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is because that was my experience and that has been the experience of a few other people that I know. So it's not like I'm just making this up. This is real life. So for me, having that marketing background, it was very useful. I was able to decide, okay, I know when my book is coming out, these are the things that I want to try and make happen prior to the book coming out. And these are the things that I want to make happen when the book does come out. I did a, a seven city book tour all on my own though. That wasn't done through my publisher. It was done through me. So these are the things that you have to think about when, and it doesn't matter if you're trying to write a book or if you're trying to launch a product, you have to think for yourself, how can I make this work? Yes, I may have to consult with other people, bring other people in, but in the end, is your name on this? Are you the person that's going to be accountable for this being a success or a failure? So then that, and if the answer is yes, then you have to think through how you're going to make it work. And for me, writing and switching into that space was very, very interesting because I didn't know much about it at all. Everything that I knew about the publishing industry, I learned as I was writing my book. 
So the days that I did not feel like writing, I would research. I research what I need to do to get a publisher, what I need to do, um, who is, what is a uh, literary agent, how do I approach them, what are the different types. I learned everything that I could so that I could be equipped as I continued on this journey and got to these different markers and these different points. Now, when I did the whole traditional publishing route, the main reason that I did that and I said that that was the only way that I would go was because I knew that I was switching industries. Everybody knew me for being a publicist and now I'm going into this world where I'm going to be an author. I didn't want to be a self-published author because I felt like people would not take me serious enough. It would seem like, oh, just a little fly-by-night dream. But if I could go the traditional publishing route and have someone be invested in me enough to put my work out there, then that said, hey, she takes this serious, they take it serious, and this is a real project. So that's why I was very passionate about going that route. And then once I did that and had that experience, I knew that I would then go on to self-publish because it w I understood that too. I understood the benefits in that too. So that's why I went out on to self-publish the 365 Inspirations book uh, because I knew what the landscape was at that point. That is fascinating. You know, I didn't realize the 365 was self-published. So now that you've done both, do you have a preference? You know, I... I ask this, I ended up working with a lot of authors because of my social media stuff and, you know, them needing to expand their reach. Right. Um, and I, I like to ask all the time, you know, what's your preference? What did you do? You know, and yeah. it, it, I think it's fascinating for our listeners to hear, especially you being one person who went both routes um, yeah. and being very passionate the first round for a certain reason. Um, and, and I get it. I, I, um, I, I'm so interested to hear what you have to say on that. Sure. So I can't say that I prefer one way or the other at this point, but I understand the full landscape of both ways. And this is the thing that I will say. You did ask me, will I have another book and is there more writing to comment? And I'll say yes. And the funny thing is, is that I'm going to do a switch, pivot or quit book that is coming. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly when, but it is going to come. And in thinking of that project, I've been asking myself, which way do you want to go? And this is, this is how I'll break it down for you guys. When I first approached this writing space, being an influencer and having any type of social media presence was not as big. Obviously, Pete, it was growing and I knew that I needed to create a presence. But to be honest, when I was working at the NBA, my, my Instagram was private and I did not have a Facebook account. I did not. So all of these things started to develop after I walked away from that job and after I started to realize, okay, you're going to need to make a name for yourself in some way. And that was a part of just my PR background kicking in. So with that in mind, when I look at the situation now, I've created more of a platform now for myself than I had back then, like 10 times more. Wow. And that's probably not even an exaggeration, 10 times more. And so I know how people look at and approach working with people that already have an established platform now. Mm -hmm. But what I realize is that no matter which way you go, 
it is still a lot of work from you. Yeah. Even if I were to go the traditional publishing route again and get the Switch, Pivot, or Quit book traditionally published, I would still face some of those same challenges in terms of marketing and promotions for myself. But because I've been through it now and I know and I have realistic expectations about what they will and won't do, I know how to better prepare and I know and I've also been see in the marketing side of things or I'm sorry, in the PR side of things in my day job, I didn't have to plan as much for marketing. It was a lot of it was like this is happening now, do it. Like this is a fire we need to work on now. Do it. You know, every mm -hmm. my days would be completely different every day. But what I've learned in, in doing a lot of work for myself now is that having a longer term marketing strategy serves you better. So I would probably plan a lot more for the release of my book. I would do podcasts like this and talk about it coming once the book was solidified and I knew it was like three months out, but I still would be talking to everyone about it. Whereas before I was a little unclear about what my timeframes should be mm -hmm. in terms of promoting, but now I understand it more. So I can't say that I have an exact preference, but I do think that if I were in a situation where a publisher was, I felt like they were going to treat me more like a celebrity author, and this may sound crazy, you can absolutely laugh. Um, but if I felt like that was going to be more the scenario, then I might go that route. No, I, I, or you go ahead. I think you're dead on. Yeah, because there's, there's certain things that you can see that if they really want to work for you, they can work for you and it works really well. Yeah. And I mean, I hear time and time again, you know, your publisher's not your marketing team exactly. and you might get upsold like a $30,000 package with their preferred partner, but they're not doing much for you other than referring you somewhere. Exactly. And that happened to me. So I kept asking about the PR department and who my PR contact would be. And I was asking six months out. So finally, three months out, I'm like, look, I got tired of like not making any headway. And they basically told me, oh, she's going to get in touch with you the month prior. And I was like, okay, so this really solidifies you won't be doing much at all for me because that means uh, the month prior means that you're not going to get me any long lead magazine placements. It's not going to happen. Those have to happen three months prior. So it really gave me that realistic idea of what will and what would not be done. And I think I was very naive walking into that situation. I thought they want me, they want to publish my book. Of course, they're going to help me sell it. Why wouldn't they? Why would they yeah. invest in something that they're not going to market? But that's not the reality. And I think it's a unique space that you're in, knowing the marketing side and knowing the creative side. Because I, I run into um, a lot of authors who obviously know how to release their work into the world, but don't know how to market it. That's a right. huge pain point for authors. And so um, I think it's fascinating to hear your thoughts on that, knowing both, you know, knowing both routes and knowing, you know, the creative sphere and the marketing sphere. Mm -hmm. That is so fascinating. So tell us about your heart behind Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast. You know, obviously you have a book coming up, which I'm pumped. Um, <laughs> tell, us about, tell us about what you're doing and kind of what your vision with that is. Sure. So I've made my own Switch, Pivot, or Quit, obviously. And 
like I said, you know, when I started on this journey to become an author, uh, naively, I just thought I just write and I would be an author and that would be the end of it. But then I started having these moments where I, I, I listened to myself as well. And I said, hey, you know, writing is cool and everything, but this isolation that is required from writing, not really a fan of it. So, mm-hmm. um, so that was one thing that I kept in the back of my mind. And then the other thing was that the, the impact that I was having on people, people, whether it be people that found out about my story, people that knew me and they would introduce me to people and basically give people the rundown of my story. It, it started to resonate with me that this was not the norm and that other people really wished that they could be empowered enough to do what I was doing. So I had, I moved to London. I left New York and I moved to London for about four months. And my, and I knew, I only knew one person there, but through her, I ended up meeting other people. And so when we would go out to dinner and things or have brunch and whatnot, and the circle of friends would introduce me to other people, they'd run down my story. They say, oh my God, she was a publicist in the NBA. She quit her job. She wrote a book. It's going to be published now. It's coming out in some months. And that, you know, and they were so excited and people would be like, well, how? So I started to see how my story was inspiring other people because so many of us are just doing the day to day, living day to day, not exactly happy, but don't really know how to figure out what that happy is. Know that we need to make a switch, pivot, or quit, but we're so paralyzed by the fear or our obligations and things like that that we don't really make any type of moves or take any action. So for me, once I really started getting into this journey, I realized that there's a lot of people that were in the same space as me. That's why people were so inspired by my story and encouraged by it and interested in it. So I said, I want to create a platform that in a space where I can have conversations with people about making a switch, pivot or quit so that it doesn't feel so taboo and it doesn't feel so like, oh, what are you thinking? You want to change careers? You're 30. Why would you want to change careers? That's crazy. Like, I don't want people to have to feel like that. I want them to feel comfortable in knowing that they can find themselves at 30. They can find themselves at 27, whatever it is. If you want to switch things up, the only person that you need to be accountable to is you. And then if you have a family, a husband and things of that nature, obviously you have to keep those things in mind, but you need to be working towards being your happiest um, self and showing up in this world in a way that makes you happy. And as long as you're worried about what other people are going to think, what they're gonna say, and whether you're meeting uh, society's expectations, you can't do that. You can't show up for yourself properly. So that is a part of the motivation as to why I started the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast because I wanted to create something that I could have sat at my desk and listened to and found inspiration and insight and motivation from and tactics from when I was trying to figure out what was next for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish I would have had that a year and a half ago. So I love it. Um, I really love your mission and your vision and what you're doing. What does the future look like for you? Um, what, what do you have coming up aside from, you know, 
writing the book. Okay, so definitely going to write that book. I I envision in the future that I will conduct some workshops. Right now, I do um, one-on-one consulting for switch, pivot, or quit strategy sessions because I know what I know what that feels like to be in this space where you don't have it all figured out and you need to talk it through with somebody and maybe your friends just don't want to hear you. And then I also have that branding and marketing experience as well as just that real-world corporate life experience to where I'm pretty good good at helping people work through their switch pivot or quit moments and just figuring out what your next steps need to be logically. Yeah. Um, so I offer those um, strategy sessions. And then I also do some consulting work in terms of podcasting and helping people create podcasts because I feel like it's the new YouTube. So I have a media bistro course uh, where I teach podcasting where let's say it's not, it's active in that you can go to mediabistro.com and purchase the course and enroll in the course but it's not me teaching every five minutes it's it's a standalone course so I do that and then um and then I'm just going to work on more of getting the message out there for switch pivot or quit and making it more of an approachable um topic and conversation and not feeling so like oh the world's gonna end because you decided to do something different with your life so that's some of the stuff that I'm doing and then next month I have a um podcasting webinar that I'm actually partnering with a young woman that writes for Forbes magazine. We're doing a podcasting workshop and she's going to cover more of the marketing uh, tactical side and really get it, dig in with that. And then I'm going to teach more of the know-how and then just jumping into the space. So there's a lot going on, but my, my main focuses are podcasting and switch pivot or quit and just getting that message out there. I love it. I love it. Well, I would love for you to kind of share, you know, for those who are listening, how, what would your top tips for success for those of our listeners who are looking to pivot? They're looking, they, it might be time to quit. How do you know when it's time to quit? What are some tips you have there? Because that, I mean, this is your zone of genius. <laughs> and I know, especially as you've put your message out there, you've probably heard even more stories of other people's journey, switch, pivoting, or quit. So yeah, quitting. So I would love for you to kind of combine your experience with what you've gathered with some mm-hmm. tips for those, those of our listeners who are in this kind of season of making one of the three decisions. Sure. So I think that when you are trying to decide if you need to make a switch pivot or quit, and you're not sure where you are and if this is your time, um, one of the key indicators I can say for me and for a lot of people has been when you are no longer enthusiastic about the work that you do, when you dread going to your job, when Sunday nights feel like the worst thing ever, um, when you are not engaged at work, when you just can't wait to run out, um, you don't want to hang out with your coworkers outside and even go grab a drink, you're not enthusiastic about the projects that you're working on, um, you always feel like there's somewhere better that you could be. These are big signs that you need to start making some decisions, taking some action, and making some movements. And for me, when I got to that place, I I hadn't, I wasn't really ingrained in the self-help industry. Um, and I, and I, I like really, I wasn't even looking at it as an industry. Right. So I find myself sort of in the industry now, but when I started thinking I needed to make a switch pivot or quit switch pivot or quit hadn't, it didn't even exist to me, but I was going off of what 
my mind was telling me naturally I should do. So the first thing that I started to do was get quiet. And then I started to read some books and about things that I thought I might be interested in. Then, and I, cause I kept asking myself, what do you really want to do? What do you really want to do? And I think unknowingly, I was asking myself that because that is a key element to making a switch, pivot, or quit. You need to know what you want. You really need to know what you want. And it may take some time for you to figure out what you want. Just because you're feeling super frustrated in where you are in your life right now, it does not mean that because you now know that you need to answer this question, what do I want? You're going to figure it out in the next month and you're going to move on and you're going to be into this glorious grand life. No, (laughs) six months to figure out what do you really want? Because it's a process of exploration and you need to allow yourself that time to figure that out. Going back to what I said before, I wasn't listening to my truest self when I decided to do everything but something that was creative in terms of Mm -hmm. my profession. So what I had to do was go back to the basics. I had to say, okay, Ayana, what are you good at? What do you like? What comes to you naturally? What do people naturally come to you for? What do they naturally ask you to do? And one thing that kept like pinging from everywhere was writing. That was one of the reasons that that I got into PR. So for me, I had to sit and spend some time with that though. That didn't happen over the course of a week. It was a, it was a process of me trying to learn myself basically, because when we're trying so busy trying to please everybody else, a lot of times we block out what actually pleases us. We block out what actually naturally comes, um, what comes naturally to us. So then we get to this point where we basically put everything that makes us who we are organically on the back burner, or we've just shut the door on it. So you have to start to slowly open that door again as to who you really are. And then you have to start owning it. And so one of the things that I did was I started taking classes. And this was just me just thinking, this is a good idea. I went on Groupon and I started buying up any class that I could. I took a sewing class. I took an acting class. I took a flying trapeze class. (laughs) I took all these classes. So I was like Carrie Bradshaw on the side of the West Side Highway, flying in the air. (laughs) Yeah, that, that was me. Because I thought that that would be fun. I wanted to see what that felt like. It was just me also. It was my, it was another way for me to tap into living. Yeah. So sometimes when you are going to your nine to five and you feel like it's stifling you and it's strangling you around your neck and you just can't breathe, you need to figure out ways on your downtime where you can live. You need to figure out things that you can do that will make you happy and to find out those little bits of happiness so that you can hold on to those and that you can have things to look forward to. So you go your whole week and then you, you Friday, you have this fencing class that you're going to take. That's something to look forward to. That's something to get you through your week, you know? And so I just started doing those types of things. And I think that is really key and crucial work when you're getting started with making your switch pivot or quit. I love that. My, I mean, something you said that is, that so resonated with me and my journey was getting quiet Mm-hmm. because it doesn't like when you suppress, 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 when you're living in the mania of juggling long work weeks because of a day job and then you hate it on top of that, or you get to a place where it's no longer life giving. Mm-hmm. It's not like those dreams that are in there come back 
quickly. No. They need like a space and time to kind of almost bloom again. It's like spring comes and you have to just let, you have to water that ground and give it space and nurture to grow. Mm -hmm. And I, I definitely saw that, you know, I ran a publication um, Radiant, which is really where this podcast started from. So no regrets. I loved running that. But when it got to a place last summer where I felt like it was time to close it, I realized, you know, I, I opened this as a space to, to really bring together writers um, of all different backgrounds to, you know, really be able to equip, equip and empower women. But in all of the management and the hustle and bustle, I, I hadn't written in two years. And it's been six months and I'm just now seeing myself starting to even have a desire to write again. Mm-hmm. I just have to give myself space and not say, oh, that dream's dead. It's gone forever. I just needed space for it to blossom again. And it yeah. couldn't blossom in the mania. Yeah, that's so true. And you know what? The other thing that I want to make sure that I express to everybody is that when you're trying to figure out what your next step is going to be or what your switch, pivot, or quit is going to be, realize that you may have multiple. Yeah. We are multidimensional people. We are complex individuals. So no one is saying that this one thing that you choose to try or delve into has to be your forever next thing. No. That is the beauty of life. And the longer we live and we're afforded to live by medical technology and all these other great things, the longer we have the opportunity to experiment with so many things. The name of the game should be finding your happy. It's not finding someone else's happy. It's not making other people happy. It's finding your happy. So if for six months or a year, finding your happy is writing and you're operating in that space, great. But then after that, you decide that actually you would love to go and um, train elephants in Africa. Okay, well then that's your next yeah. happy. You know, it's it's up to you. It's up to you. There's no one that can tell you whether you're living this life right or wrong. There's no one who has lived this life before you that is you. So there's no benchmark that you have to measure up to to say, oh, you're meeting all of your goals or you're not. No, you're the first one doing this for you. So do it to the best of your ability and do what makes you happy. Yes, preach. That was good. That was so good. Man, I have loved having you on and having you here. I know our listeners are just going to be tremendously impacted by what you've had to say. Um, and I know they're going to love your podcast. So you guys have to go check out Switch, Pivot, or Pit, Quit. We're going to be linking everything up in the show notes. But can you tell us where you know where they, our listeners can find you? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. They can find me at switchpivotorquit.com, on Instagram at switchpivotorquit, and on Twitter at SPQ Podcast. I am so thankful to know you. We'll definitely have to have you back on. And it has been a joy. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 
Cozy up for the holidays with 60% off everything at Banana Republic Factory, including soft sweaters, comfy pajamas, must-have gifts, and more for $9.99. Find your nearest store now, only at Banana Republic Factory. Get 50 through 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Plus, shop new doorbusters for the family, including outerwear, jeans, and our Gap logo crewneck sweatshirt. Find it all at Gap Factory or GapFactory.com through December 14th. Money. Sometimes it's hard to make it all add up. Thankfully, as part of your Microsoft 365 subscription, Money in Excel makes managing your finances a bit easier. Keep track of all your accounts in one place to help reach your financial goals. See how much you spent online last week. Set up a personalized budget. Get alerts about due payments and save for a rainy day as you stay on top of it all with Money in Excel. Buy now at Microsoft365.com slash budget.